Welcome to LED Talk with Pixel Flex, your monthly podcast where we discuss the technology and solutions helping transform spaces into immersive, dynamic digital marbles. Welcome to LED Talk. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me today, we have two very exciting guests. We're talking to David Venus, the CMO of Pixel Flex, as always. David, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure, Tyler. Absolutely. And then we also have Alberto Scirocco. He is the CEO of Left Channel joining us today. Alberto, it's a pleasure getting a chance to chat with you, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So today uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the importance of digital content. And we've done enough of these podcasts, David, where you and I talk and we talk all about hardware and, you know, pixel pitch and, and things like that. And we get into the nitty gritty of the screens, but then it almost always comes back to on some level, the content that you're putting on the screens and that if you're not thinking through that process, then you're going to miss out on the real benefits of having really beautiful LED screens. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about the importance of good content, which as I mentioned, something we've talked about a little bit in the past yeah absolutely it's a it's 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 a it's a cool world we live in right now obviously technology is changing and, and growing so fast and you have the ability to do so much especially on the digital experience side but uh you know you can have the best of the best in screens and hardware but you know the most I think one of the most overlooked things, and you know, I think Alberto is going to have some pretty cool stuff to say here. But I think one of the most overlooked things is is content, and when when that is being thought through in the process of creating this experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, when we talk about content, it's all about kind of designing and creating that those digital experiences. So let's flesh that out in a little bit more detail. Uh, Alberto, just kind of walk us through what that means to create a digital experience and what are some examples of times when you've been a, a part of creating those? Absolutely. You know, it's a... Uh... Uh, it's interesting right now, the conversations that you, just even in your intro, right? You're talking about hardware and, and content. And I think uh, there's a lot of conversations about this topic that just kind of separate the two as if one could live separate from the other, you know? Um, you know, you think about uh, a person that you know, and you generally don't think about as the pieces of that person separate from the personality of that person, right? Like there is a perception of the whole thing as a whole. Um, and so for us, uh, we try to kind of instill the idea that uh, content is not the thing that runs in the hardware, but content is the whole experience as a whole. Um, and so if we're talking about um, a digital experience inside a hallway, uh, maybe it's inside the, the you know entry of a space, um, the space and the digital experience and, and what is on the screen is the screen themselves, the lining around it. Everything you see surrounding it, all of that, the whole thing is content. Um, and so we try to kind of uh, to to get people to be sensitive to you know to to a broader sense of content. In a way, you're kind of talking about how the two are inextricably linked almost. And so to separate them the way I did kind of in the intro where we talked hardware and then we talked content is is kind of missing the point that it should all be viewed as one uh, unit that all works in concert to create these experiences. Right, exactly. And so I think when that's done right, um, you know, you kind of take a step back and uh, you start with the idea of the impression, emotion and feeling and, and what you want people to get. Uh, what, is, what, what is the thing that is going to happen when people come into space, they come in contact with this thing? What are they going to see? And then, then you work in reverse uh, and then you try to figure out everything that goes in the middle of it. You know, I make the example, for example, of... Um, 
how film, you know, in film, a scene gets defined. And, uh, and then because of that, then there's a process of reverse engineering where people figure out how the lighting and how the set is going to have to be built and how the actors and who are the right actors and, you know, like the special effects, how they're going to fit within the space so that the final result is the scene as you have it perceived, you know. And, um, you know, sometimes we see uh, situations where people um, are kind of excited to run into the building of a digital experience. And so they just kind of rush straight to the solution. They just figure out, hey, I want to put uh, some screens in this space, right? Uh, and the moment they're doing that, they already kind of created uh, a portion of the concept. And then it becomes harder uh, to really create a very, uh, a very strong solve because something's already been set in place. You know, it's funny. Uh, 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 I think Alberto hit 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 a pretty good point there. You know, for, for me, when I step back and the way that I feel we, we approach it here is, uh, you know, we look at purpose, right? You have to have a purpose in what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. And purpose, it really starts from the beginning. Again, hardware is only a part of it. So what do you want to accomplish? What are you trying to create? What are you trying to evoke in this digital experience? Um, all those things play together and it, and it can even stretch outside of just a video screen, whether it's LED or a TV or a TV wall, or whatever it is, you know, mixing the different types of technology. I mean, even putting lighting in and, and how all those things play together has to be centered back around a purpose. That, that is a great way um, to absolutely describe that. And, you know, you see example of that, uh, of these things done properly, uh, for example, in theme parks uh, very frequently. You walk inside the space that is trying to for, uh, immerse you into uh, a medieval land. And so then the, the structures, everything have been, you know, the sounds, uh, the colors, everything has been sourced and built to create that impression. So when you have clarity of purpose, uh, which sometimes we refer to as strategy, uh, sometimes we refer to that as, you know, as content, right? When you have clarity of that purpose, then things kind of naturally flow. It, allow, it gives you a North Star and allows you to make decisions that are, are clear, you know, do these things belong in the space? Do they help uh, orient us in the right direction? Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, I think people tend to think um, about these decisions maybe linearly. So they make the decision on, okay, we want these screens and we want to put them here. And then they think through content. But you you guys are both advocating for a more maybe holistic view of a project to uh, not just look at it in a you know specific, uh, we do this, then we do this, then we do this, but really kind of flesh the entire project out and starting with a goal of, we want the experience to be this. So what can we do to kind of make that happen yeah a hundred percent i mean you know you, you have to be comprehensive you know th you know think about it from the everyday you know life i mean when you create a budget right it, you're you're being i mean you have to be holistic in that to reach goals right i mean you can't just say okay i'm going to put this over here and put this over here and expect for the best to happen without a comprehensive approach to it right so thinking through the all the steps that come together to create what you want in the end. 
Yeah, absolutely. You guys mentioned uh, theme parks as a good example of a, of a place that kind of creates those uh, immersive digital experiences. What are some other examples of, of places that are doing this? I know retail has kind of recently uh, expanded into a little bit more of the world of using digital signage and using LED uh, just to kind of create more uh, engaging and immersive experiences for shoppers and for customers and that sort of thing. What, what are some other industries or places where you're really seeing this take place right now? Uh, I mean, I would personally say, you know, core Corporate, corporate facilities, corporate lobbies uh, are probably one of the bigger ones. Looking at, uh, you know, sports, uh, you know, they're taking all these facilities and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're champion halls and, and things like that that add to the fan experience. Um, I would say those are two of the biggest, uh, you know, up and coming. And, you know, some are doing it really, really well and some are, you know, putting together, uh, you know, experiences that... Um, I think maybe potentially lack what they were trying to accomplish from the beginning. Yeah, you actually mentioned uh, uh, an example like corporate lobby, and that's an interesting thing. That's something, for example, that we uh, greatly specialize in. Uh, and by and the reason why uh, is because we kind of take that general uh, idea of just trying to really understand what is the communication brief and trying to uh, uh, bring it down into uh, a communication experience that is going to have to have a com- communication component in it because obviously uh, when you're talking about telling the story uh, of the company it is uh, um, it needs to be a little bit richer than just a large beautiful attractor although that can be is, you know when done properly can help amplify uh, some of their message but there are generally more complex subtle messages that have to be brought through those situations and, and at least it's an opportunity you know like the idea is not that if you don't hit every one of the chords are out there then you just you know the whole thing is a waste that's not the point right i mean you can walk inside a beautiful lobby and maybe see a beautiful piece of art that communicates absolutely nothing about tenement um of that place uh, at the same time you know you walk in somebody's house and you see a beautiful piece on their wall and in some degree they're kind of branding themselves with that piece, right? They're telling you something about who they are because of the artistic choice that they made. So there is a little bit of a meta message that we can naturally uh, can insert into uh, into things that also don't have a direct communication component. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me. So, uh, Alberto, so you have experience um, in the advertising field, and, and that's an interesting thing to me. So w- what does your experience from that uh, teach you, and how has that helped inform the way that you approach uh, the, exper- this, the experiential field? And, and what has that maybe taught you, and what are some uh, positive things and maybe some negative things that you've learned from advertising that you think applies into this? You know, a lot of the positive stuff is kind of what we're talking about right now. You know, it's just the, the understanding that we're bringing to the picture uh, in, you know, in what's important in message in trying to distill only the, the most important component of something and not necessarily drowning somebody with information. Uh, trying to kind of aim for uh, feelings uh, and, and quick takeaways and mnemonics. You know, it's all those strategies that we can bring into this. Now, on a negative side, you know, you go back to the, the 50s and people used to do these really long TV spots and the, the public was interested in watching them because at that time there wasn't a lot of content and that was content. And so it was interesting, right? And then, you know, through the year, you fast forward to today, 
uh, and advertising is this thing that you pay not to watch, right? Uh, it, it's going to come, come, you know, completely on the opposite side. And obviously, there's been a lot of steps in between, but to some degree, you know, it's not a, a fault of the advertisers, but it's also like the whole process of how people approach this. You know, if you take a very aggressive approach to something and you're very unilateral about it, right? If you just simply say, well, this is for my benefit and you force people uh, under something, then eventually they're going to hate it. You know, and now in digital experience, you're kind of seeing the beginning of it where now everything is kind of shiny and you can just put something in some place. And if it's just, uh, you know, just because of its technology, it can create an interest. Um, you know, and the other day I had a really bewildering conversation with somebody uh, when they were kind of saying, you know, it doesn't really matter what's what we're, you know, what we are putting in, in this thing as long as we're putting something because, you know, it's human shiny and it's true. Right, a some degree, but that's not going to last. And if you don't take the right approach right now of reminding yourself that you put in this stuff and it had to serve the public, uh, not just you know your own uh, purpose. You know, if you don't do something that's actually an equal exchange, eventually uh, this is going to be something that people are going to hate. You know what I mean? If we just bombard people with things and messages, and especially marketing messages, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised in you know 15 years people sold. Uh, glasses that allow you to black out all digital experiences around you you know that's that's very interesting it's it's almost like um you have to have a a reasoning and a, and a why for why you're creating what you're creating and why you're displaying the messages that you have and it has to be carefully thought out as far as uh, i think you mentioned this yeah what what serves the public and what what people actually uh benefit from as opposed to just simply mindlessly going about it i suppose you know, I really wanted to, you know, go back to something that Alberto just said and saying that, you know, obviously technology can, you know, invoke, uh, you know, interest, but that's only part of it, right? It, you, you know, something shiny and new doesn't mean that it will long term. I, I mean, in, you know, for me, it, you know, th things, you know, the way that Alberto and, and Left Channel really approach quality content and how it adds the digital experience, um, I think is, is, is really cool. Cause honestly, to me, uh, it rains is pretty much the determining factor. Um, you know, if an experience is actually memorable, right. I, I mean, you know, you see so much in, you know, your day to day life and, and we are bombarded by things. Um, and I want to get a link to those glasses, Alberto. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, you know, how is it actually memorable? And really that determining factor in today's world is how you're thinking through the process of what the purpose is and, and, and content and, and, and the purpose behind that and what you're trying to create will truly make it memorable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the evolution in this field is going to happen uh, also a lot faster. You know, I mean, it, uh, at some point you could put a, you know, you put a film of a train coming to a station in a theater and people are lining up to watch it. Um, today, people walk out of uh, films that cost hundreds of millions of dollars and they're just completely disappointed. Um, because our degree of sophistication is, is really high, you know, because we see so much all the time. And so, again, I think the evolution uh, of the public in this field is going to happen pretty quickly. So, yeah, you have people that are just going to go out and 
make harder investments um, that are going to be costly. And the whole process, right? This whole, everything that you do at this level is going to have a little bit of a, of a price tag. It's going to have to have value for a while to make sense, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think it, it's not enough to just kind of put something out there. I really, you know, don't like that concept. You know, I think it's just, you're going to do something, you have an opportunity to do something great, um, then you should. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess then, you know, on the back of that, then let's talk about, you know, thinking through content. So what are some decisions that your customers have to come to when it comes to the content and the design and implementation of what they're going to what they're going to put uh, forward for their digital experiences? So what, what are some of those content decisions that, that have to be made that, that people are thinking through on a regular basis? This is going to have to be something that varies, obviously, for every application, there's many applications because we mentioned, you mentioned retail uh, and then we mentioned lobbies, right? And so we also mentioned theme parks and it, it, on paper, all those things are kind of using the same parts, right? We're still talking about uh, the same technology and content and distribution of the content. I mean, the, you know, on paper, they're the same. The, the goal is completely different. So it kind of goes back to what they said earlier about purpose. We like to approach this with, you know, having a clear understanding of like, what's the takeaway? What's the win uh, that you're trying to get out of this? And then, you know, then designing uh, uh, an approach and then basically sourcing all the pieces that uh, it takes to come together, you know. And I think you're going to see the places that really value this. Like uh, Dave, for example, is one of the reasons why we really hit it off when we talked a few weeks ago is the fact that they came to the table to us by saying, hey, we're the specialists of our field and we do this very well and we want to uh, you know, come forth with somebody like you who's a specialist of your field because you're going to do your part very well, right? And so I think that's one of the things that's really important um, you know, when you even assemble a team or something like this, you have to know that it really is going to take experts in all uh, the individual fields to really make something like this come together. So you have a strong purpose and, and a strong strategy and you get a strong solve. And then everybody that, you know, uh, flows from that, uh, you know, it's an independent group that is specialist in their, in their, in their field. Yeah, you know, I would tell people, you know, I, I feel like we're in an age where um, I think we're actually starting to see a shift in this. But, you know, companies try to verticalize everything they offer, right? You know, they're, they're trying to be that one-stop shop. Um, I think the companies that will truly succeed, um, I think, with the way that the market and consumers are shifting, uh, uh, they want people that are really good at what they are good at um you know instead of being good at one thing and okay at a couple you know it's you know i i, I go by that i would rather be a master of one than you know okay at you know 50 things uh you know so uh you know really to to echo what what alberto said there is you know think through you know just because you have the potential to go to one place uh you know doesn't always mean you're going to get the best product, um, but it also doesn't mean that you won't. So, you know, it's figuring out what really works for you, and and I think finding 
finding companies that are really partner centric, right? I mean, just because they don't have it all verticalized and, uh, uh, you know, you're getting it all from, you know, one, one place doesn't mean that you're not going to get a top notch experience. So, um, you know, and that's where, you know, we seek, you know, people like, you know, Alberto and, 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 and left channel. And, uh, I mean, so many others that are, you know, good at what, you know, they do. And, uh, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, you have to understand what you're good at and how you potentially help a client through the process to make sure that they're happy, right? I mean, if you just try to be everything to everybody, uh, I mean, I don't know if you can truly, honestly service somebody to uh, a level that, you know, would make everybody happy. So, uh, you know, that is really important in our in our process um you know it's finding sure. the right partners uh, you know it's finding the right people and you know I, I think alberto would say you know you know maybe he's not the right fit for everybody in the world but he knows who he wants to service and he knows who might be a good fit for him uh and i think we feel the same way i mean you, you can't take everything right yeah no absolutely we, we saw uh that trend hurt uh, a lot of, for example, advertising agencies, um, and not even for fault of theirs. You know, a lot of agencies were purchased by uh, large conglomerates, and it put a lot of pressures on them, and kind of forced them to then uh, have business economic metrics that were unrealistic. And so then agencies started trying to bring production in house, and then trying to do all these different things that they used to outsource. Because it made financial sense, but then in the end, you know, nobody can really produce really high quality work across all the different platforms. And, you know, in the long run then hurts their production, then people trust them less and hurts them. And so it's, you know, it's a dangerous thing. We, I understand the pressure that a, especially a large company can have to say, look, you know, we're just going to try to keep everything in house, you know, and I understand the pressure, but in the end, I don't think that that's a sustainable uh, strategy. So, you know, for us, we're, Always been specialized in digital content, you know, in one form or another, because it used to be different, uh, you know, to make film titles, music videos, advertising, you know, and there's this time of shift to come into this. But essentially, our process and product has always been the same, you know, what it's for and how it's applied, that's shifted. But, you know, we're really, really specialized into, into what we do, and, you know, um, and, and that's why we can come to certain decisions with a certain degree of confidence. You know? So I, I wonder just with, with you guys kind of talking a little bit more about that specialized approach where people have their, you know, their thing that they are good at and they understand that, um, then it becomes about, uh, I think, managing that communication and those relationships between, you know, between the client and between, you know, content creators and, and between, you know, PixelFlex and, and the people that are, that are doing the LED and that sort of thing. So there are a lot of relationships that have to be maintained there. How do you guys go about making sure that communication channels are always open and that every Everybody's kind of on the same page there. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. I mean, it's it's obviously you know making sure you get the right people in the right places, um, the right people on the right calls or at the right meetings, um, and then you know just making. Sure, I feel like the downfall of a lot of companies in in general, no matter what industry they're in, is you know people try to hold on to information. Information's your best friend, right? I mean. Every, if if everybody has the information to do what they need to do, you have a pretty good chance of really succeeding, right? So, 
Um, you know, but for, for us, I mean, you know, I mean, we manage things and, you know, platforms and, and all that, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's, it's finding who, you know, who really is, you know, the lead on that. And, you know, if, you know, if we work with left channel, uh, you know, or, you know, anybody, you, you, you know, who's, you know, left channel could bring someone to us or we could take, you know, someone to left channel and, and just determining right out of the gate who, you know, who's going to lead this train and, and, and what role each company or, or partner takes in that process. Yeah, for us, that's, uh, that's always been an integral part of the work. You know, when you go to an architect and you ask an architect to plan a building, the reality of what the architect has to do on the design and how that's going to flow into the actual construction all the way to the finishes, it is really a number uh, of groups and uh, specializations are going to have to come in. And there's just a methodology of how that, that comes to play, you know. Uh, and, and, and you don't really question it because architects have been doing it, you know, for a thousand years, right? So you, you know that that's going to flow. And in the film industry, it's the same thing. You know, there's so many things that have to happen, you know, and so many elements that have to happen. So, so there's a methodology for, for producing uh, a, something like this. And, and the truth is that in the end, the, the experiential pieces that we're putting together are actually simpler uh, in relation to, for example, we mentioned earlier some of the theme parks, right? Uh, some degree, there's a little bit more confined because they're in essence single projects in a single space. Even if a number of projects they're concerted with each other, it's still not designing a city that's also going to have you know uh, parking and buses and hotels like uh, you know theme parks basically end up being. But uh, but there is you know there's a methodology for it. So uh, but again, I think it all starts with a plan. You know that's why I mentioned the, the architect example. If the plan is clear then all the choices flow naturally. Yeah, and I, I guess um, I, I wonder, Alberto, just how much uh, David and I have talked in the past just about how um, you know the the size of LED screens has has changed, the the different shapes they can be in, and how uh, maneuverable they are, and where they can go has changed. How has that changed life for you? Just on more of the content side, um, is it is it interesting and is it different creating content for screens now that can be different shapes and can bend and that sort of thing? How how has that changed your job? Uh, it, what it does, it just basically frees us completely. Uh, I mean, one of the components, uh, one, one of the components of design is always dealing with limitations. Uh, somebody comes to you and says, well, you know, I have the space as a transformer. And we say, well, we're going to turn it into this uh, giant underwater scene. You know, then reality has to come in. You know, uh, how much of that vision can be translatable? You know, how much can be implied? You know, what is what you're able to do with technology and what is going to get in the way. So as the technology advances, there's more and more and more that you can do. You know, it, it really is just giving us a lot of freedom. Um, you know, it's just taking away a lot of the limitations in some degree. So now there's, you know, there's, every day there's a little bit more that we can achieve, essentially, which is really fantastic. I think, Alberto, you're one of the first people 
I've at least, I mean, I could probably only count on one hand that, that I've heard say that, you know, a lot of people do have a problem uh, figuring out this, this specific medium, especially when you're getting outside of, uh, or you're getting into irregular shapes, right. You know, being able to do, you know, curves or do, uh, you know, basically you, you have what, really what we call mullions, right. Or, or dead space that, you know, you're, you're perceiving that there's something there in terms of screen, but there's really not, or, you know, it's going around a, a doorway or opening. And, um, you know, to hear, to hear you say that actually is honestly a breath of fresh air because you'd be surprised how many, you know, phenomenal agencies or, or, or content developers, uh, you know, that there are out there in the world, uh, they struggle with it. So, you know, to hear, to hear someone like Alberto say that, you know, well, I, you know, I think it's personally freed us up to be more creative and, and, and do things that are truly unique and different. That's a, that's, that's a pretty great place to be. I mean, I can imagine that if you're handed uh, an odd shape or something that you weren't necessarily planning content for it and you kind of told, hey, create content for it, it does require an additional creative process, you know? Um, but again, if you're coming from a position of trying to generate uh, a vision, then the more flexibility that you have with the mediums, you know, the more variety of things you have, that the more you can get, you know, closer to your, to your idea, so... You know, it's probably a variety of, probably based on just the difference of how we approach it work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it seems like uh, just kind of an exciting world to be in right now because of the innovation that's going on on, on both hardware and content side. And uh, I'm, I'm excited and curious to see how this continues to move forward because I think Alberto gave us some nice, uh, some some interesting, I guess, tidbits of warning signs almost to think about just to make sure that people are thoughtfully considering their content moving forward. So I'm really excited to see how this develops and, and just wonder um, what you guys expect and what excites you about the future of this particular medium. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's just, freedom of you know creativity i mean uh you know when when i feel like video walls were first introduced it was like all right cool we're gonna put this square rectangle up on the wall you know i, I mean how's that unique how's that how's that different um you know as as technology has uh, really changed i mean in, in 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 any medium i mean heck look at you know things like photoshop and uh after effects and it's given people the ability just to do unique cool different um and look i mean you i mean you can create dynamic experiences in several different ways formats mediums um you know so just being being able to to do what you want um without being limited is is a really cool place to be yeah no absolutely you know it's it's funny i um i think i'm naturally an optimist so uh I, although I see, you know, I mentioned before, I really see how if we just start throwing advertising every place you look, people are eventually just going to be very frustrated. And I can totally see the pitfalls are coming up. But generally speaking, uh, you know, I get excited about the opportunity. Um, you know, I saw um, uh, this design for these panels that basically imitated natural light. And uh, they were basically just internal lighting panels that just felt like the window. And, you know, imagine what that means, you know, for all those gigantic buildings that have entire general sections of the interior that have no window space. Um, you know, the ability to have a piece of technology that gives you the impression of getting sunlight, it's much better than just not have it. <laughs> so, it, you know, in a lot of ways, just the technology just brings, uh, you know, a lot of opportunity. 
to transform uh, spaces, you know, to enhance spaces, to enhance experience. Uh, I think that even just the general sense that we're so, uh, we're starting, you know, to really start focusing on, um, on experience, like on giving something uh, to, for people uh, to do, you know, some way for people to occupy their, their time or, or different ways for people to, to come together. Um, you know, I just think there's really a lot of opportunity. Again, I, I think just as, a, as an artist, you know, the more tools you give me, the happier I am. So <laughs> I think it's just, you know what I mean? I think it's just bringing that side of me out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm completely excited. Well, I think it's an exciting time to be in the industry. And so, uh, guys, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me about that today and to dive a little bit more into the content side. So Alberto Scirocco, CEO of Left Channel, thank you again so much for, uh, for joining David Venus and I today uh, here on LED Talk. 